Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. church. Hey, would you put your hands together, please, and help me welcome in all of our locations, the uh, Orange Park campus, Stewington Creek, uh, Midtown. Everyone join us via Church Online, no matter how you're tuned in to us today. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, my name is John, and uh, I'm so glad to have the opportunity today, the pleasure and the privilege to preach to you the third of our three-part series uh, at the movies. And as you may or may not have heard at your locations earlier, uh, I'm gonna be speaking to you today from the movie Elf, the Christmas movie Elf. Anybody seen Elf? Wave at me at all of our locations. You've seen this, all right, many of you, many of you. Uh, you're probably wondering in your seats right now, man, how in the world is he gonna pull anything spiritual out of that? I'm about to razzle and dazzle you right here, right now for the next 25 minutes. Hey, uh, why don't you turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 15. Uh, get out your phones, get out your notes, get out your journals, get ready wherever you are to take notes and write down what the Lord speaks to you here today. As you're going there, uh, I do wanna thank uh, Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry for the opportunity to preach today. Uh, you know, it's my, my call in my life is to serve people, is to serve you, and they, they give me the opportunity to serve you full-time as a church family, and it's such a pleasure, pleasure and a privilege, no matter what the, uh, the opportunity is. So I just wanna thank Pastor Kerry, I wanna thank Pastor Stovall. Why don't we put our hands together for him right now? And uh, you may have heard this from your location pastors a second ago. Uh, Pastor Stovall will be back next week. He'll be back preaching live. He's in Baltimore preaching this weekend, but he wanted to make sure that I tell you how much he loves you and how much he misses you. And he can't wait to be here preaching live next week. He's got some great things to share with you that are coming down the pipe in 2018. So make sure you make plans to be back here uh, next Sunday at whatever location you are today. Uh, I also want to thank my wife. I always like to give my wife and my girls honor. They were here at the last service. Can you put your hands together for my family? It ain't easy being married to the oh yeah guy. But man, I'll tell you, baby, I love you so much. Thank you so much for all that you do to make sure that I can be all that I am in Jesus. I just appreciate you so much. Hey, uh, let me set up the movie for you. So uh, many of you have seen this movie, uh, Elf, before. Let me set it up for you, though, for those who haven't. Buddy the Elf, the, uh, the main character of the movie, right? He, uh, he's a, a baby and he's born um, in an orphanage. And Santa's making his rounds on Christmas Eve as the story goes. Uh, but he must be naughty and mischievous. He finds his way into Santa's present bag while he's at the orphanage. Santa gets back to the North Pole, opens the bag, and there's Buddy, little baby in the bag, right? So Santa takes him under his wing. He and his elves, they raise Buddy as one of their own. And uh, something funny happens as he grows. He eventually ends up six foot six. The elves are all two feet tall. Buddy's a little bit suspicious. Hey, maybe, you know, I'm not from around here. Finds out that his, his real dad lives in New York City, and so he goes on a pilgrimage, so to speak, to go and find his real dad. And uh, he goes to New York City. While he's there, hilarity ensues. He gets a job at a department store decorating for Christmas, because that's what elves do. He's well-trained in the subject. And uh, he's, uh, on Christmas Eve, he finds out that Santa is going to be there to, uh, to meet with all the good girls and boys and find out what they want for Christmas. And that's where we pick up the story for this clip. So why don't you turn your attention to the screens and uh, we'll take this in and then we'll come back up here and I'm gonna bring you the word. Let's take a look. <laughs> Two important spiritual principles that I've pulled from that scene, which you just witnessed. One, a grown man should never wear yellow tights. Unfortunately, I found out that we do have grown men dressed as elves in some of our sanctuary lobbies uh, today, so um, I apologize. I own that mistake. Save your emails for later. We'll, we'll make up for it. But uh, the other spiritual principle that I pulled out of that is that Buddy knew the real Santa, and he knew how to spot a fake when he saw it, right? How did he know the real Santa? 
He spent a whole lot of time with Santa Claus. He grew up with him. Santa Claus mentored him. He was like his, his father almost. He, uh, he knew the real Santa intimately, even so much that he knew what he, he sounded like. He knew his voice. He knew what he, uh, what he smelled like. And then apparently, despite the presence of uh, charcuterie in most Christmas parties, Santa does not smell like beef and cheese. You can write that down, take a note. Santa does not smell like beef and cheese, apparently. But Buddy knew how to spot a fake when he saw it. And it made me think about in my own life, before even I was a pastor, as, as a Christian, I've kind of been all in. And it's because, not because I know about Jesus, or I've heard about him, or I've read about him in the Bible, but people come to me with questions. Who is the real Jesus? Why? Because I know him. I don't know just know of Jesus. I don't know so about Jesus, but something happened to me when I was 23 years old where I met the real Jesus in a powerful and awesome way. Jesus is as real to me as the air that I'm breathing or the ground that I'm standing on right now. And yeah, come on, that, that raises a round of applause. Jesus isn't just somebody I know about. He's somebody that I know, I truly know. And what I wanna share with you just for the next few minutes today are ways that we, as people, we can, we can know the real Jesus so well, so intimately that we can spot a fake a mile away. We know that the real deal is what we're after, the real Jesus. And uh, I've got a couple uh, things to share with you. I've titled this message, Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing. Ain't nothing like the real thing. I'm gonna go ahead. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Come on, that was just for you, you're welcome. Let me say a quick prayer for us and we'll dig into the word. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much that, that you love us, you care about us, you're for us. And thank you that um, you're not some far off distant God on the other side of the, the, the galaxy, God. You are intimately involved in the details of our lives. We can know you through your son, Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, that you'd open up our hearts and our minds to receive from you today. God, speak the word between the words. Help us to hear from you that, that I would decrease and you would increase and that everyone under the sound of my voice at all of our locations would hear directly from you today. And Lord, if, if you see it fit to it today, God, we know how much you love Pastor Judah Smith, the chaplain of the Seattle Seahawks. We know that he's one of your favorites. And we know that Russell Wilson is, is a good friend of yours as well. He loves you, you know him. But God, could you see it in your divine glory to give the Jacksonville Jaguars a victory today over the Seattle Seahawks? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I hope I didn't take the spirituality of the moment there. <laughs> All right, man, I had to turn to John chapter 15. Let's dig into the word together real quick. Let me contextualize it for you just, to, just for a second. Uh, it's always important to, to find out where you're reading when you, before you discover what you're reading. So this is a, from a passage of scripture, a few chapters that are called the Upper Room Discourse. And basically, this is uh, the Last Supper has just taken place. Jesus is gathered with his disciples in an upper room. The Last Supper has just taken place. Judas has been identified as the disciple that would betray Jesus. And he's left and he's gone to, to find the authorities who he would betray Jesus. He'd sell out uh, Jesus to them and they would come and arrest him later and he would be led off to the cross the next day. And Jesus has this window of time with his disciples in this upper room. And the writer, John, he's one of the people that's there in the room. And it gives us an opportunity to kind of be a fly on the wall, so to speak, in that room. What does Jesus have to say to the beloved disciples that have been following him for the last three years? These are the people that he's gonna birth the church through, the people that are gonna change the world. And he's just got a few more hours with them. And some of the things that he says here are some of the most profound in all the scriptures. I highly encourage that you, you go back maybe during the week, this week, and read it and, and read the surrounding verses. It's just powerful and awesome. And every one of us believers need to see it because Jesus talks to his disciples 
as a friend. He talks to them and helps them to know what a relationship with him looks like. He, he tells them uh, the benefits of having a relationship with him. And he describes himself in several different ways. They're gonna be up on the screen at all the locations. Let's go ahead and read it together. He says to his disciples, he says, I am the true vine. Everybody say true. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's unpack this passage of scripture just very quickly together. Jesus calls himself the true vine. One more time, say true. All right, think about that image of buddy. You're not Santa, right? The true vine. If there's a true vine, then logic dictates that there must be false vines as well. There must be other vines. In, in the garden, so to speak, there must be other vines. Jesus proclaims that I am the true vine. That word there in the original language describes something that not just has, have, has the appearance of that which is true, but has the character and nature of the thing that it represents, the true vine. It made me think about um, like currency. It made me think about currency. Uh, a counterfeit currency makes a promise to you that it cannot deliver. All right, I've heard it said that the way that they train bankers and, and maybe people that work at the Federal Reserve, the way they train them to spot a counterfeit is, of course, by exposing them to any counterfeit currency that they have seen. But what they do is they drill into everyone exactly what the real thing looks like. They, they, they become intimately acquainted with the way that the, the real currency feels, the way it smells, beef and cheese, no? Um, the, way, the way that it looks, the, all the uh, security measures that are found in the, the real currency, they become intimately acquainted with those things so that when they see a fake, they can spot it a mile away because they know what it really looks like. And what I've found in my walk, and uh, you may ex have experienced this as well, is that the world makes a lot of promises that it can't deliver on. It makes promises to us, like that it can satisfy us. If we'll indulge ourselves just a little bit more, that, that we'll be happy. And the problem is when things are attached to the untrue vine, they wither up and they fade away. They produce fruit that really doesn't last. We're gonna see that here in just a few minutes as we explore the scripture. But when you're connected into the true vine, which is Jesus, you know it. There's evidence of it in your life. There's, there's a power that's released in you. There's something profound that changes inside of you when you're connected into the true vine. I wanna talk about that more in just a few minutes, but let's move forward. It says, uh, he says, I'm the true vine, and then he says, my father is the gardener. My father is the gardener. Funny image, right? God, white beard, overalls, floppy hat, working in the garden, right? Pruning shears, funny image, right? See what it says about the gardener, father the gardener. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Something I want you to see here is that Jesus talks here about branches that are connected into the true vine. He doesn't even really address the branches that are connected into the wrong vine at this point. He, he can, talks about the branches that are connected into the true vine. And it's important to note that there are branches that are connected to the true vine that are bearing no fruit. And it's kind of terrifying to me that you see that what he does with them is he cuts them off because they bear no fruit. So that more nutrients, so to speak, can get to the, the good branches. Now it's a happy, joyful Christmas season, so I'm not gonna go down that route with you at this point. But think about this, you're connected into the true vine 
and you're, you're bearing fruit, what does it say he does? Does he make your life easy and comfortable because you're a Christian and you deserve it? Is that what the scripture says to those who are connected to the true vine? Of all locations, yes or no? No? No, I didn't think so. Uh, does, it, does it say that you, you're just blessed and highly favored? Because you love Jesus, everything's just easy. It's like you're protected from any kind of calamity. Anything that, nothing could go wrong because you're a follower of Jesus, right? That's what it says. If you're connected to the true vine? Nah, man. It says you're connected to the true vine. He prunes you. You're connected, you're bearing fruit. He prunes you. That would indicate that there are things in your life that maybe need to go. How about that? There might be things in your life that look good, but they're yesterday's news. And the good gardener wants to come along and he wants to trim those things away to make room for more fruit to be built through you. Are you with me? You tracking with me on it? Oh, it's all right, man. Come on, put your hands together for God if you're with me. I like that. Shout the preacher down over at OP. Come on. And this is what he says. This is what Jesus says as he concludes this thought. He says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. How about that? You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You are, you are saved if you are in the true vine. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've surrendered your life to him, you're in the true vine. And you won't be cut away. Judgment does not belong to you anymore. You're connected into the true vine. He says here that you've been made clean by the word that was spoken over you. That if you've received the word that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, you receive him as, as your Savior and you make him your Lord, you're clean. You're ready to produce fruit. You have everything that you need to produce fruit. And here's where he concludes the thought. He says, remain in me. Everybody say remain. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This passage is fascinating to me because it shows us that our job isn't to figure out the fruit our job isn't to figure out how to be a great branch. Our job is to simply stay connected to the vine. If we stay connected, firmly planted, firmly rooted in Jesus, we will bear fruit. We will produce the things that we wanna see in our lives. It will simply stay connected to the vine. I love it that God provides, he provides Jesus, the true vine. He provides the Holy Spirit, the power flowing through the vine, so to speak. He provides the branches, you and I, who are surrendered to Christ, who are believers, followers of Jesus, and he produces the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, all those things at the end of the branch. Our job is to simply stay connected. When we preach week in and week out, you hear it here at Celebration Church at all of our locations. We, we preach all kinds of ways to stay connected into the vine. Of course, Man, being faithful with coming to church. Think about some of them right here in your seats. Think about some of them. Being faithful coming to church. That's one of them, wouldn't you say? How about like Bible reading? Bible reading, right? Staying in the word. How about prayer? How about prayer? At all of our locations this morning in, in our worship uh, time, we always have uh, the altars open during that, that third song. Staying faithful and coming and bringing your requests before the Lord and, and believing with someone else that God's going to move on your behalf. There's something powerful that's released there. These are ways that we can remain in the vine. You hear about those week in and week out here at Celebration Church. I thought I'd give you uh, just like three different things. Uh, I, I love like a, a good scoreboard. Come on, staying in that football theme. I love a good scoreboard. I'm gonna give you three things today to tell if you're staying in the vine. All right, everybody knows you're supposed to come to church. Everybody knows you're supposed to read your Bible. Everybody knows you're supposed to pray. I'm gonna give you three ways you can tell if you are staying connected, remaining in the true vine of Jesus. Are you ready for the first one? The first one is that your life will exhibit a real faith. Real faith. Everybody say real faith. All right, you're gonna experience a real faith. 
Uh, now, I know we receive Christ by faith. We come to him by faith. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him, right? You know the scripture. We come to God by faith and our faith starts to grow more and more as we're connected to him. Did you know, or I'm sorry, have you ever seen somebody that's walking in this? Have you ever seen somebody that's walking on this? They have like a certain swagger about them. Don't they you ever seen anybody that's, that's really, man, they're walking by faith and nothing can shake them. They have a certain confidence about themselves. There's a, a verse that brought to my mind in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It's kind of the faith chapter if you're familiar with the scripture. He says, now faith is confidence. Everybody say confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. A confident assurance, a swagger. This is something that someone who's connected to the vine really possesses. And I'll say it this way, man, when you know who your daddy is, ain't nobody gonna call you an orphan, right? When you know that your father is the almighty and infinite king of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he is the one who was, who is, who is to come. He's the one that created the world by speaking it forth. He's the one that formed you from the earth with his hands and breathed his life into you. When you know that that's your father, ain't nobody gonna tell you you're lost, you're confused, you're an orphan, you don't know what's gonna happen next. I'm telling you, when you know who your real daddy is, you know who your father is, it gives you that confident assurance that you can just walk in. Now, I've had a chance to walk through a lot of things with many of you uh, here at Celebration. I've been on staff almost 10 years. I've had a chance to walk through a lot of things, life seasons, through uh, the ups and the downs. I've been with you through births and through deaths. I've been with you through weddings and funerals, um, illnesses. Uh, I've walked with you through financial Things I think about, so many people lost their homes in 2008, walking with you through these, these times of trials. And I'm here to promise you, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? But I promise you, man, those kind of high pressure situations, the people who are connected to the true vine, they handle themselves differently in those situations. They press into God. They're at church more. They're in the Bible more. They're praying more. They're phones, my phone's blowing up. Hey man, praying and believing. How you doing? Are you praying for me? I'm praying today, believe in God. Here's a scripture. They're, they're, they press into God in a powerful way because they're connected to the true vine and they start drawing the energy that they need to make it through the pressure situation from the source. Are you with me? And that's what we wanna do as believers. It's one of the evidences that you're connected to the true vine is you know how to access it. You know how to pull power from the Lord. And uh, I want to share with you, just a, a, personally speaking, we're going through this in my family right now. My mom, who uh, she's, she lives in Ohio, and she, um, uh, like, so she's, she and my stepdad are kind of, they have a lid on their technology, right? They don't have cell phones. They don't have the interwebs. You know what I'm saying? They don't have internet. They, uh, the limit of their technology would be the DVD. So I send them, I'll send them a DVD of this later. Hi, mom. And then she can listen to this, right? But um, my mom has been fighting breast cancer. So she was diagnosed a few weeks ago and, and they had, she had a lumpectomy, had surgery. And uh, we actually, Friday, we just got good news that um, it's stage one and she's gonna be good. They got it all out. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for all of you who've been praying and believing God with me for that. I know it doesn't always turn out the way we want it, but that was the best we could hope for in that situation, right? But I, I wanted to share that with you specifically because her faith has been awesome for me to watch in preparing for this message. Uh, she calls it her faith bubble. She puts things in simple terms like I do, man. She calls it like her faith bubble, man. She finds out the news. She's like, well, find this out. God's got it all under control. We got it, man, God's got it. I'm just gonna go to the doctor. We gotta do this, gotta do that. No problem. God's got it. I feel his peace, feel his presence. Just keep praying for me. Hey, will you say a prayer for me right now? Awesome, we're believing God. My, she's in this kind of faith bubble. We, in the scriptures, it's talked about like he's our strong tower, right? He's our refuge and our strength. My, my mom is like faith bubble. 
It was a big bubble. Think about that next time you're going through a tough challenge. If, you, if you're connected to the true vine, you can be in your faith bubble too. You can, you can be in the strong tower, that refuge in times of trouble. That's what Jesus wants to be for you. You can access that because you're connected into the true vine. And I've watched people that are connected, I've watched them flourish, even the most difficult situations. I've watched them come out on the other end of it with more resolve, with more character, and with a deeper level of faith, amen? Amen. So, man, look for that real faith. God's going to build real faith in you as you process through life's challenges. Next thing I've seen from people who are connected. Everybody say connected. Connected into that true vine. Next thing I see is real fruit. I know that's obvious. I'm a surfer. I like to keep things simple, right? Real fruit. I couldn't talk about John 15, the branch and the fruit without actually bringing up the fruit of the spirit. I know if you've heard me preach before, I kind of reference it every time. But let me tell you, this is the first time I've ever given you the bad fruit that comes right before the good fruit in the passage, right? It talks about the fruit of being connected to sin, being connected to the world, being connected to sinful nature. I usually, man, I'm pastor positivity. I just kind of skip that part and I tell you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? Kind of man, Joel Osteen moment, you know? I just get up there and give you the positive, right, man? Today I'm bringing the hammer. This is the fruit. If you're connected to the wrong vine, I'm gonna tell you what it looks like right here out of the scriptures, Galatians 5. In verse 19, this is what it's like being connected into a false vine, an imitation vine, the wrong vine. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, AKA false vine, the results are very clear. This is the fruit that you'll see. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Merry Christmas. This is fun, isn't it? (laughs) Dissension, division. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like thee. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a powerful statement. But goes on to tell you that the good fruit of, of someone, a man or a woman, a man or a woman who's connected into the true vine, the good vine, the vine you want, you'll see this kind of fruit. The Holy Spirit produces Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, you guys, man, if you know me for any, even like five minutes, you know I'm pretty upbeat, happy, go lucky kind of guy, right? Come on, man, pastor, oh yeah. Before I met Jesus, I was all no. This right here describes the pre-Jesus John Wyatt just fine. It might be hard for you. I've only met most of you before or after I know the Lord. But I was filled with, for years, from 13 to 23, filled with anger, filled with hatred, jealousy, discord, all kinds of immorality. I was a train wreck. You could ask, my, my parents were here the first service. People wanted to know, like, is he for real? Did that really happen? Yeah, it did. Something about that, 13 to 23, my parents did the very best that they could. They loved me, they provided for me, they they cared for me. But the problem was, I was not connected to the true vine. They could do their very best for me, but I was not connected to the true vine. But at 23, I'll tell you what, man, Jesus came and got me. I wasn't looking for him, and he came and found me. And it was like a switch flipped in my life. And the bad fruit suddenly had not a lot of appeal to me anymore because I started to see the real thing. You know what I'm saying? The fake stuff wouldn't do it for me anymore because now I had experienced love and joy and peace. I experienced acceptance in the Lord. I experienced his power for the very first time. I received it. 
It was, it was an amazing, it was like turning the page of a book. Like the, it was one way and then the next, it was another. Now, a lot of that fruit still remained, the bad fruit, but it's funny how over the years, God's pruned it all away. And I, let me say this to you, no matter what your age is, no matter where you're at with the Lord, you've been following Jesus 40 years or 40 minutes, hear me now. That one of the greatest decisions, most powerful decisions you can make with your life is to let God prune out the bad fruit from your life. I could have held on to the fruit. I could have held on to anger. I could have held on to rage. I could have held on to jealousy and said, no, that hurts too much to let it go. But I promise you, when God prunes those things away, you won't ever miss them. And I want to say, come on, man, somebody's feeling me at all of our locations. You're feeling me. If you've experienced what I've experienced, you want to know the real Jesus. You want the true vine. There's not even a comparison. Man, the, the, the world and all the fruit that it can produce, man, it looked good for a moment. It really did. And when I had it in my hand, it felt like the real thing until I experienced Jesus. And then it was all over. There was no comparison. And let me say this. I mean, this is a word in here for our young people. We are, uh, this is my testimony. It's my story. And God's redeemed me. He's, he's taken what the enemy stole from 13 to 23. He's redeemed me. Here I am preaching the gospel to you. We saw at all of our locations, we saw a video of our, my friend Tony, you know, and how God redeemed him. He went off the deep end, bad fruit, and God redeemed him, and now he's producing good. Can I just say something? Those, our, our stories, our testimonies, sometimes they can seem powerful. Look at this awesome thing that God did. Can I just tell you, the most powerful testimony is of a young person who connects into the true vine when they're young and lives their life for God, producing abundance of fruit from a young age. Oh my goodness, those are the kind of testimonies I love. You mean to tell me you made it to like your family and you followed Jesus and when bad fruit would pop up, you'd let him prune it away and when old fruit would start to wither, you'd let him take it? You mean to tell me you've been doing that since you were like a teenager? That's a supernatural act of God that a teenager would connect themselves into Jesus. But I'm telling you, I promise you, it is the anointing on this house. Here at Celebration Church, we believe in the next generation. We believe that there's a call of God on our house to raise up a generation, to go to war, as Pastor Stovall puts it, against the enemy, to take the kingdom of God forward and win souls. There's an anointing on the young people of our house. They are connecting with the true vine from a young age. Parents, pray for it. You can't do it. It's up, to you. it's up to God. You just position them where they can connect to the true vine. You encourage them, you nurture them, but as they start to draw from the real source, they will accept no substitutes, amen? Come on, position your kids in the riot. Position them in anything that we have to offer here. You see them on stage, you see them leading worship. It's just amazing. You see them at our outreaches. You see them in Bible studies. You see young people uh, connecting into the true vine. I wanna encourage you, keep your kids involved. It's been awesome. You guys know, I have two teenagers. I have two teenagers. My goodness. Man, I can just pray and I'm starting to watch God work in them. Because I'll tell you what, I've done, I've done everything I can do at this point. And now I just keep positioning them where they can connect with the Lord. And I know God's going to deliver in their, in their due time. Man, my kids love Jesus from a young age. They got baptized when they were seven years old. They looked at me and they said, I look, I'm like, are you sure you know who Jesus is? You sure you know? Like, are you sure you want to get baptized? You know, why do you want to get baptized? They're like, I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I love him. When your seven-year-old says that to you, you baptize him, right? You baptize him. What am I going to tell him? Man, no, you can't get baptized. I love Jesus. I want to follow him forever. I'm like, amen. Come on, man. I'll get you in the water as much as you want. <laughs> tell you, real fruit, real fruit. Last thing that you'll see in the life of someone connected to the true vine, the real vine. You'll see real faith. You'll see real fruit. And you'll see real love. Real love. Not the love that the fake vine of the world 
can produce. All right, that temporary transient butterflies and ooey gooeys. Oh, I love you so much. You're just so, I love you. You make me so happy. That ain't love. All right. The real love is the love we see in the scripture. The love that God demonstrates for us in this while we are still sinners. Christ died for us. True love is that, that God would send his son into the earth, sacrifice his son, knowing that through his son, he would redeem the whole world. He provided the vine for us to connect into. Amen. And we celebrate that at Christmas. We celebrate that at Christmas. We, you know, we, I think if you don't have context, you think, why do we give gifts at Christmas? It's just, you know, presents is what we've always done. Presents, gifts. Do you realize that we're, we've created a memorial that once a year we remind one another about the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind, the gift that God gave us in his son. Through him, we receive the true vine, the source of power and strength. We receive salvation. We receive life change. We receive all those things through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the greatest gift ever given. And it's kind of a memorial that comes up every year to remind us, that's right, we didn't earn this. It's a gift from God, a free gift that we receive by grace. So I wanna encourage you, what what he says, I wanna wrap it up with this scripture in John 15. Um, so much good stuff in this, this chapter. I highly encourage you to go and research it for yourself. But here's what Jesus says to his disciples in closing. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Friends, relationship, connected, right? You're my friends if you do what I command. He says, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. It's Christ's command. So God gave his son for us. He loved us. He showed this expression of love by giving us a gift. The way that we can return the favor, we love him and we love others. We love each other. And I see this over and over again in community here at Celebration. I shared some of the the tough things that I've walked through with you. I've walked through a lot of celebrations with you here at Celebration Church too. Just recently, I wanna share with you this story, man, that just got me so excited. You know, we're always from, from up here. We know how to connect in the vine. One of the ways is groups. Everybody say groups. You hear it from this stage over and over again. We want you in groups. Why? It's not just to be in a group. We want you in a group because we want you in community. All right? It's a way that you can learn how to love others and receive love for yourself. There's relationships that happen when you're in a group that don't happen on a Sunday. Sundays feed your faith. It's important to be in church every Sunday, but there's something else that happens when iron sharpens iron in a group. I know what some of you are saying. Man, I I was in a group and the people in the group, I didn't like the people in the group. I know, man, it's all right, you can say it. And you, uh, some of you are not, and you're like, I, know, I remember that, that was a bad group. Listen, iron sharpens iron in a group. You might learn how to love people other than yourself in a group, people that are different from you, people that have needs. Uh, there's a, a group in our church recently that there was someone in their group that had a need. And uh, just his testimony real quick, he was born with uh, congenital eye issues, and he has zero vision in one eye, and then he has like 10% in the other eye. And he's been coming to our church for years. but he. Um, uh, he used to have a companion dog that died several years ago and he hadn't had the ability to replace it. They're very expensive. Companion dogs are, are certain breeds. They're well-trained. And so his group got around them, people loving each other. They're like, hey, what can we do to make this happen? It's several thousand dollars for this dog. The guy couldn't afford it himself. The group came around and they're like, what can we do to get him for, for Christmas? We want to get him this, this dog. And uh, so they, they got pulled their money and they still were way short. And so they started like a GoFundMe and they got the word out. And I watched that over the course of 24 hours, people from around our church and our city and his family and everybody else, they started chipping in money. They started sacrificing and giving money toward this. And within 24 hours, they went from like $150 to $4,500 to be able to pay for this guy's service animal. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a powerful act of love, a tangible act of love that you can do. 
And I wanna share with you that because I wanna encourage and inspire you and you can do likewise. You can do likewise, love each other. That's what God wants us to do. It's not just, hey, I love you. It's maybe sacrificing for someone in your life for a loved one, for somebody that you know is in need. We have outreaches throughout our city for Christmas. When we have a great one at the Dream Center coming up this Saturday, we still have families that need to be sponsored so that they can have a Christmas experience at our Dream Center. You can find out more about that through the website or the app or at your location today. If, that, if God moves in your heart, and he's like, I want, I want you to do that. One of my favorite ways in Christmas time, oh, I love this. So we started this a few years ago. So we'll go to restaurants, we'll go to dinner and um, we'll leave a big fat tip like a ludicrous tip, like ridiculous. Like we're gonna bless somebody with this tip. It's like, for us, it's a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those kind of tips. So me and my family will go to dinner. We're like, hey, you know, we sit down with the server. It's all random. We don't know who it's gonna be or whatever, you know? So we trust God will put us in the right section with the right person who needs a blessing or whatever. But anyway, we sit there and we're just like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, yeah, man. What's your name? Tell us your story. Find out the story. I remember two years ago, there was uh, a single mom who was pregnant, was waiting on us. It was awesome. And so um, at the end of the, you know, we pay the bill and we stick a bunch of cash in there, you know, and, uh, and we leave it on the table. We run, sprint out around the door. And we're looking in the windows of the restaurant. <laughs> Me and my wife and my kids, like looking in the windows of the restaurant to see what happened. It was awesome. Like watching the way she was watching, like, you know what I'm saying? One of those moments, love each other. You know what I'm saying? Like I could have kept that hundred dollars. It would have done a lot in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? hundred bucks. I'm like a hundred bucks. I know you probably would too, right? hundred bucks. But like, putting that in someone else's hands, you know, and allowing them just to, to receive a blessing. Man, that's priceless. Money can't buy that. And the source of all that, I'm telling you, man, I didn't have that in myself. That's Jesus. Jesus changed my life and he empowers and enables and inspires me to do those things. He should be doing the same for you as someone who's connected to the true vine, amen? Amen, so you should see real faith, real fruit, and you should see real love flowing through you. And I wanna ask you today at all of our locations, let's bow our heads together just as we close our time together in the Word. I just wanna ask you just to still your heart. Don't worry, the Jags don't play till 425. No rush, take a deep breath. And what's God saying to you? What is He speaking to you? Has your faith been shaky at best lately? You have everything in you to have that faith bubble. You have everything in you because you're connected to the true vine. Is there a situation you're facing where you need, to, you need to press into God and let him develop character, develop your faith through that situation? He's gonna care for you. God's got it, he's with you, I promise. The Bible says it's true. Is there fruit, maybe some bad fruit in your life that God's speaking to you, man, you need to cut that out so I can grow much fruit good fruit, great fruit through you. Maybe there's something good in your life that you, God's been speaking to you about letting go. Today's your day to do it. Move into the great, let go of the good and move into the great. What about love? Is there a, a, an act of kindness, an act of love that God's put on your heart to do for someone that they can't do for themselves? With every head bowed and every eye closed, all of our locations, I just wanna know if God's speaking to you. So if God's put something on your heart and, and you just wanna commit, yep, God, I hear you. I will do it, I will commit to that thing. Would you just put your hand in the air at all our locations? Oh, hands up all around the arena. Come on, Julington, Orange Park, Midtown, online. I don't care where you're at. Man, if this is you, this is for the Lord. Raise your hand, say yes, Jesus, I'll do that, I, I will. Amen, I'm proud of you, good job. Put your hands down. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer just for a second that God would empower you through the true vine. 
It'd equip you to do what he's called you specifically to do. But I do wanna ask this one thing before we go. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that I've been sharing with you today, you don't know the true vine, but something's happening in your heart. You know, it's, you know what I'm saying is true. You know the preacher ain't lying. You just, man, some, your heart's beating fast and you know that in your heart of hearts that you're, you have never received him as your Lord. You've never received him as your savior. You never walked with Jesus. But today you wanna start that. You wanna connect to him today. You know you need a fresh start with God. Maybe you've walked with him in the past and today you wanna come home. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, at all our locations again, it's not for me, it's for God. Would you put your hand in the air just real quick? Wave at me, amen, amen. All around our room here, all our locations. God sees that hand. He's so happy with you, he's so proud of you. This is a great day. He's gonna answer that prayer. He's gonna come into your life in a powerful and awesome way. Everybody's gonna see the change, I promise you that. Amen, you can put them down. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you believe it in your heart, man, and you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, man, you're just a prayer away from salvation. So let's all pray this together as a church family. And uh, come on, we'll help our, our new friends along. Maybe they're praying this for the first time. Just repeat after me, say, dear Jesus, I love you. I've run from you in the past and I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins and fill me with your spirit so that I can follow you with everything I've got for the rest of my life. I connect into the true vine today so I can bear much fruit for you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. And God, I lift up all those who've made a commitment, God, to make a change, to do something great in their lives. I lift up all of us today, God. Inspire us as we connect into the true vine, as we connect into you. You're gonna move with power, providing resource and energy and finance for us to be able to be a blessing to others. I thank you that you've blessed us with everything you've given us, energy, time, personality, finance, everything that you've given to us, it's all from you. Apart from you, we can bear nothing, God, but bad fruit. We can bear no eternal fruit. Everything that, we, that we're able to produce, God, it, it dries up, it withers, and it's gone. It's temporary, God. But in you, everything that flows through our lives, God, produces eternal fruit in the lives of people that we share with. So God, I just thank you, Lord. Move in power in our lives. Thank you for breathing into our hearts your word today, God. Help us to commit to and to follow through on everything we've, we've heard from you today, God. And I thank you that the testimonies are gonna flow from your church, God, of how you moved in power through us in a powerful and awesome way. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And a faithful church said, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.